Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the life of your servant that you have used to bless many, many, many lives. This church, in the Ghana Baptist Convention, the Christian community in this country, and beyond the shores of this country. You have used this man immensely. We are thankful to you for his life. You have added another year to his days. As his years increase, so shall his strength increase. We pray for your blessings of good health and strength and long life to be his portion. In the name of Jesus, bless his home, bless his children, bless his children's children, and bless whatever is associated with him and whoever is associated with him. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, Father God, as we come to table to look into your word, Spirit divine, we pray for your enlightenment. We pray that you illuminate our hearts to understand so that we can walk away in a way that is worthy of you. For many of us, Fail the mark and the standard of walking worthy of you. Because we are limited by what we know and what we understand and how we know and how we understand things. I pray that somehow, Lord, today, a few minutes ahead of us in looking to your word will help us to receive some illumination. Somehow, oh God, that a certain heart will be illuminated. A heart hearing your voice. A circumcised heart. A heart that is sold out to you. Who receives some light by the Spirit. That we will know you better. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, church. My sermon title or exhortation title this morning is Enlightened to Know Him Better. Enlightened to Know Him Better. I'll share with us about four points or perhaps five, if grace permits and there is little time. But you see, I don't know how many of us can function very well when there is no light. There is an eclipse, there is no light, or in the days of doom, so there is no light. You can't function effectively. You can't see your way around. You are a student studying for an examination. And there is no light. For those of us who grew up in the days of using lantern. Don't look at me like that. I, my face looks 
that I was, I'm just recent. But I'm not that recent. If you want to say ancient and modern, I'm part of those groups. Hallelujah. So you need to, to, to take the, 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 the glass shield and clean it very well. Clean it very well. And sometimes you finish cleaning it and you raise it and look through it to see whether you can see clearly because you can finish the cleaning and still there will be some film or some opaqueness around it. So when you put the light in, it doesn't bright, it's not bright enough. So we clean it very well. And apart from that, you have to turn the wick and make sure that it's in good shape. If the wick is not in good shape and there is soot on it, then you have to cut off the soot. You understand? I have been there before. Amen. And then you pour that you have the kerosene in there. And then you light, even when you put the kerosene, you don't light immediately, especially if your wick is fresh. You have to wait for some for it to soak. Somebody said that this man, you look like a dadaba. And I said, no, I am an ejaba with hard labor. Hallelujah, church. So if you, you, there's a lot of effort that is put in in those days in order to ensure that you have adequate light for your movement, for your studies, for everything around when it is dark. We live, church, in a dark age. We live in an age, even though the sun is bright, and we have light all over the place, spiritually, there is a lot of darkness around. And people need adequate light, especially Christians, to be able to walk well in this life. And our light comes from God's word. Amen? So the extent of how well you are informed Wait, let me say that again. It is not the extent of how much you are informed, but the extent of how well, how well you are informed determines the amount of light you have received to walk in this world in a manner that is worthy of your calling. It is not enough to study hard for those of us who are students. But it is important to study well. Many study hard, but they don't study well. They grow hard, go hard on a part which is not correct. So it's not a matter of how much information. Get enough information for to be able to be light enlightened enough. You need that much information. But you need to be well informed. The accuracy, the infallibility, the genuineness of the information you gather in Christ is important. Hallelujah. 
Some of us, we are about, we listen to all kinds of radio, watch all kinds of TV, and we hear all kinds of things, and we think that because somebody is wearing a huge cross and preaching, he is of Christ. And because he has a certain gift, and he's able to prophesy and, and lay hands, and you see signs and wonders happening on the TV, you think he is of Christ. And so, you are seated and you are glued, and you are looking for information. You are following signs and wonders. You are not well informed. Hallelujah, church. In order for us to be informed, number one, or to be enlightened and work as enlightened believers, number one, we need to be transformed in our hearts. Please take us to this passage we have read. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. We're going to stay there for a long time. From 15 to 18. Paul said that for this reason. For this reason. Ever since I heard about your faith. In the Lord Jesus. And your love for all God's people. Now these efficient believers. Paul is giving a testimony about them. I am somewhere in prison, but I heard about your faith. That means their faith in Christ was speaking. There's something to show. They have something to show for their faith in Christ. That people could talk about their faith in Christ for Paul to hear to the extent that the prisoner would want to write about it to them. Ever since I heard about it, your faith, and the love for all the saints, I heard about your faith, I heard about your love for all the saints, not some of them. Now, this, in, in this efficient church, were not only Gentiles. They were Jews as well. And this group of people or groups of people do not agree. But in the faith in Christ, their faith produce so much love that they love one another regardless of whether he is a Gentile or a Jew. Once the denominator is Christ, there is love. Hallelujah. How much do you love your friend and your neighbor sitting beside you? Sorry if I step on a wrong nerve. But allow me Love me, please. Hallelujah. The fact that he's from the east and she's from the south and she's from the west and he's from the north does not, that doesn't, you shouldn't show animosity because of that. When he gets a cut or you get a cut, it's not going to be blue blood or nothing blood. Or white blood or south blood is the same blood that runs through all of us. Hallelujah. So, from where comes this whole idea of division, seeming division? I am hurt, I am troubled. See, we all get it, we all get hurt sometimes really so painfully. 
In church, don't think that this young man sitting, standing here, or is it a young old man, whichever way, standing here hasn't been there before. I have been there several times. Several times. But haven't you taken Christ there yourself several times? Haven't you offended him several times and hurt the Holy Spirit several times and still went to him and sought his face for forgiveness and then we said that forgive us our sins as we forgive those who forgive us or who sins against us, sorry. So if we can receive forgiveness, I, I implore you in the name of God. I beseech you in the name of God. I plead with you in the name of God on my knees. Forgive him and forgive her. Forgive him and forgive her. Let it go. Let it go right now. Jesus said, if you go to the altar and you are going to put up, make a, a sacrifice and you remember that your friend has something against you. Not that you have something against the person. Leave the thing there. And go and reconcile first before coming. I'm not saying you should leave church now. Hallelujah, church. But in your heart, you can do that. You can determine in your heart today that if these people could live together and show transformed lives to the extent that Paul can testify about them and begin to stand on that as a premise to request for certain things for them, then I must show that my life is truly transformed by the love I have for all the saints, for all the believers. I love my brother. I love my sister. And see, I am not saying I love my brother. I love my sister. You may not get it well when I say I love. So I say I love. Hallelujah. Love him and love her. And Papa was praying, he mentioned about this week being a week of love and not a sensual love, but a gape love. These gentlemen or these people in the Bible, they have love for all the saints, all of them, all of them. They came recently. They came, they've been here for oh, old. They've been here for a long time. They are from the east. They are from the south. They are Kans. They are Eves. They are Gans. They are Dagbanis. They are wherever. There was love in the church. And Paul said, I heard about it. I heard about it. There are many things I believe Paul may have heard about this church. But I believe that these two things, their faith and their love, stood out for Paul. It stood out. So he testified about it. Now, if you look at the passage, please, let's stay in the passage and give me an IV. When it says, for this reason, for this reason, now, if you are doing the analysis carefully, that for this reason, many times, you will not, if you are not careful, you will think that it only applies to the previous verses. But when you look at it carefully, he still mentioned certain reasons for which he is praying before starting the prayer. So in this context, for this reason, has a double effect. The before and the after. 
So, for this reason, the before things are the things you spoke about relating to the spiritual blessing from verse 3 to verse 14. And we need to bear that in mind if you have the past, your own Bible, you can open it and bear that in mind. So, because of these things that have gone ahead, I've spoken about, about the spiritual blessings from verse 3 to verse 14, in addition, oh, wait a minute, as he where he was saying, wait a minute, apart from what I have said earlier, just wait a minute, there are two more things I need to tell you about, which is one of the reasons why I'm still praying for you. Not only the spiritual blessings, but again, your transformed life. Hello. Hello. May, may, may our prayer for our church and our churches and our church members stand on these things. And I stand there to pray and I'm praying for my sister and I'm brother and I'm saying that for this reason of your transformed, the evidence of your transformed life, I am on my knees and I am seeking God for A, B, C, D for you. I thought you say a big amen. Hallelujah. So he goes on to pray. Now, so you, we need to be transformed. That is to have to be enlightened to know him better. Number one, we need to be transformed in our faith. Number two, we need to pray endlessly. It is curious for me, for the apostle to say, I pray ceaselessly. I keep asking. That's curious for the things that follow. And my understanding or my, my thinking and I like to call it a sanctified thinking, is that because he wants them to know God, and knowing God is an endless activity. You can't know God to the end. It is endless. And so, if prayer is required for those things to help us to know God, then the prayer must be an endless activity. We must be constantly asking for God for the things that will help us to know him better. We must be ceaselessly asking for God, praying and asking for the things that will help us to know him better. So he ceaselessly continues in prayer that these people should know God better. Because knowing God is an endless exercise. It doesn't end. Even in the coming ages, when we meet in glory, the Bible says that we will know as we are known. But God is still God. Inexhaustible. Hallelujah. So number two, that's a very small quick point. So for us, we need to stay in prayer. I don't know how long you pray about this issue. But you see, anytime you take the Bible to read, don't just read it like a chemistry book or a physics book or a biology book. You need to pray to know him. And I'll show you the prayer very soon. Number three, in this prayer, Paul is praying in verse 17 for certain things. 
because he prays and gives thanks in verse 16. Verse 17, he says that I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father or the Father of glory, to, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. And this one is referring to the Holy Spirit whom you have received when you became a Christian. We all have him. As many of us who have accepted Christ, the Spirit dwells inside of you. So you have received the Holy Spirit, but you see, the Holy Spirit has several manifestations, several gifts that he manifests. And I am not talking about the fruits. I am talking about the gifts. And the gifts are manifestations that he manifests in us. So I'll leave the fruits for now. That's not our focus here. The spirit of wisdom and revelation that the Holy Spirit will so illuminate your heart, so illuminate your spirit, so that the revelation that he, the apostle, has received, you too will be able to grasp, to appreciate, to understand it, so that you can gain wisdom to be able to use it and walk in a way that is worthy of your calling. Can I say that to you again? That the Holy Spirit, his prayer is that the Holy Spirit will so illuminate your human spirit, your human mind and your heart so that you can grasp somehow, I pray. You can appreciate somehow, I pray. The revelations, the insights that God has blessed us with in his word that apostle is given to us we can understand it and appreciate it and gain some wisdom. Hello? That the child of God will gain some wisdom from the understanding you have gotten in the word. Gain some wisdom so that you don't walk about foolishly. Gain some wisdom so that we can walk circumspectly. Gain some wisdom so that we can walk in a manner that is worthy of our calling as believers. What it means is that if you don't have this spirit of wisdom and revelation, you read the Bible and to you, you will not understand it. Because the things of the spirit are foolishness to the carnal mind. Hallelujah. The mind that is carnal, that is not of God, cannot understand this. So if you take the Bible and you go into it with your own limited carnal mind, you will not get it. And can I tell you this? That after reading this and praying, and waiting on God to get the understanding and share with you as I am doing, I do not consider myself to have grasped it to the extent that the Apostle Paul meant. There is still more to grasp. Hallelujah. One of my lecturers in the seminary said, 
Some of you, when you are preaching from the Pauline epistles, you need to be careful that you get it well. Because by the time you are preaching, Apostle Paul is standing there and saying, So everybody in the, like, in the lecture room and the seminary, everybody stood alert when we're considering the Pauline epistles. So the man is standing there because his epistles, like Peter said, some of them are tough to understand. And he said, you'll be preaching and you'll be standing there and say, oh my God, that is not what I'm, oh no, no, oh Holy Spirit, help this man. He's not getting it. That's not what I meant. So I may have tried to share the details by the inspiration I have received from the Holy Spirit with you here as I do now. But I believe there is more. Amen? That is why you need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Amen? You need to pray for that. Pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Number three. Number four. Okay, so number four. I'll skip over the, the issue of that you know him better because he addresses it later on in verse 18. And part of 19. So, verse, verse, verse number 4, he says that, number 4, to, to be enlightened, your, the eyes of your heart must be enlightened. Not the eyes of your mind, but the eyes of your heart. And the Bible tells us that the heart of man is evil. is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? The heart, Jesus said, out of the heart flows all the issues of life. So we should be careful to guard our hearts jealously. Now the apostle is saying that the eyes of your heart, beloved, can I tell you this? That your heart, and listen carefully, your heart, your heart, your heart, the faculty you have or the system you have, not, I am not talking about the, the flesh that you see there, the, the left ventricle and the right ventricles and the arota and the, that's the end of my... That's the, prof, prof, that's the end of my biology. That is not what I am referring to. Amen? That's not what I am referring to. I am referring to that part of you. Indeed, which is your heart. That is intangible. That we cannot touch. But that part of you. That places value on the issues of life. Your valuing faculty as a human being. I value this thing so much. I cherish it. I desire it. I value love. I value patience. I value tolerance. I value holiness. I value righteousness. I value excellence. That part of your being that values those things so much so that you don't want to let go easily. You cannot let go of it easily. 
is attached to your being. That part of your faculty that values things so well, Paul is praying that the eyes of that part of your being be enlightened. So that you can see the things that must be seen and see them well so your heart will be attached to the right things. When the eyes of your heart is enlightened, you can see the things you must see well for which your heart should be attached. And the things you can see and see well for which your heart should not be attached. Many of us, our hearts are attached to something. We are in the faith. We are here. We are here. We are here. And you see, when you are, your legs are like this and you are walking, I don't know how fast you can go. We are in Christ. But one of our legs is in the world. Living our heart is attached to something. And we are still coming to church. And then so we are walking like this. I don't know how far. Many of us are slow in the faith because of that. But when your heart is focused, Jesus said that when your eyes are single, your whole body is full of light. And that singleness of your heart or your eyes is what he's talking about. Stay focused on the right things. Let your eyes, I pray, that your eyes be enlightened. The eyes of your heart be enlightened. I stay focused on the right thing. And so it's my heart is so enlightened. I value positive things in Christ. I stay on course with him. I value those things. And I see other things that are not of Christ. I stay away from them. So that I can walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Hallelujah, church. I was telling Papa that. This three verses. To do justice to it, you take about six or, four, uh, or eight weeks. But I'll, I'll try to finish very soon. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so I'll skip a few things and go to verse 18. In verse 18 says that I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know him or know the hope. So when he said in verse um, 17 to know him better, these are the things he wants them to know. In verse 18, to know the hope to which he has called you. The hope to which he has called you. To a living hope. He has called us. Amen. And faithful is he who has called us. And he will do it. So this hope is a living hope. It is a secured hope because the one who has the hope for us, he's saying that he, God, is faithful and he will do it. Amen? So, he's called us to a living hope. And that is your hope. To the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And verse 19, I'll leave verse 19, the details of verse 19 and 20. Uh, our next picture on Sunday will give us those details. But three things he wants us to know. Know the hope to which you have been called. Know the riches of your inheritance. And know the power, this incomparable power for us who believe. Know those three things. 
Know those three things. Now, in knowing him better, these three things, by the time you grasp them, um, your work is going to change completely. The hope to which you have been called. Because of my calling in Christ and this glorious hope that is yet to be revealed. In Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 4, he says that because of that hope, we should be careful how we walk. Careful how we walk. Careful how we walk. If there were to be no hope, there was no accountability, you can't live anyhow. But there is a certain hope to be revealed. So we should walk in a manner that is worthy of him. Ephesians 4, 1 to 4. You can check that one later. And then he says that his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now quickly, if you look into the, the passage carefully, when he was describing the hope, here, the apostle didn't use any modifier, anything to describe the hope. Go to verse 18. He just said, the hope of your calling. Are you with me? The hope of your calling. I want you to know the hope of your calling. Which he has called you. The hope to which he has called you. Now, now he could have said, I want you to know the hope of your calling. But the which there is giving you some specificity. That there is something unique about this hope. That you should pay attention to. Don't treat it anyhowly. The hope to which some other version says that and know what is the hope. Which means he could have said and know the hope. But he says know what is the hope. The what there is saying that there is some details about this hope. That you should pay attention to. Which I won't dwell on. Which he has called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance. Now, his glorious inheritance or the inheritance is it not enough to describe it and leave it that you have an inheritance? But then he goes ahead to emphasize it with an advert, modify it, and say it is glorious. Then goes beyond to provide some intensity of that glory. By saying it is the riches of his glorious inheritance. Which, 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 which is enough for me to come to church and take God seriously. And time will not permit me for us to delve into these riches of the glorious inheritance of a glorious father. Who is calling us into a hope of glory. Hallelujah. If these are the things he wants us to know, why don't you want to be enlightened? If you are not enlightened, these things will, will, you are denying yourself the depth of knowledge that these things provide for us. Then he says that and the, the, the 19 
Only the A part. So, preacher, I'll leave the rest. And his incomparably great power. So, the power alone is okay. To know the power is okay. But then he says that the power is great. Then he intensifies it by saying it is incomparable. And some other versions say it's immeasurable. And he says that this is for us who believe. Oh. A certain man in government told a preacher man, I will show you where the power lies. And the preacher said, "Uh, politician, you don't need to show me where the power lies. I know it already. I know where the power lies. We know where the power lies. We know where the power lies. We know where not only the power lies, we know where the great power lies. We know where not only the great power lies, we know where the incomparably great power lies. And we know that it is there for us who believe. It's for us who believe. The next preacher will blow your mind. Next Sunday. Hallelujah. I will to God and pray for the preach, you, your mind will be something else. Don't miss it. Tell the one who has been sitting beside you and is not here today, he should come to church. Hallelujah. He should come to church. Ephesians is not something you should trifle with. Everyone should come so that we all can be rooted in Christ. Hallelujah. In conclusion, church, you and I, have to be enlightened. Live transformed lives. Keep constantly in prayer. Seeking him with thanksgiving. So that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will be availed to us. To know him better. That the eyes of our hearts, our values, will be enlightened. Amen. So that we can know the hope to which we are called. The hope that particular hope to which we are called. Also know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And also know his incomparably great power. That is for us who believe. Because of these things, I seek to be enlightened to know him better. Because of these things, I pray that you seek to be enlightened to know him better. God bless you, church.